0: Before James and John and I get started on the conversation today, I just wanted to say thank you. I am so glad that you choose to spend time with us every week. I hope that you're getting something out of it, all 12 of you. But hey, 12 is a biblical number, right? So I think we may have something going here. And just in case you're thinking, do I have the wrong podcast? What, what am I listening to? This is actually episode seven of the Faith in Real Life podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Amy Dalkey,
1: And I'm your host, James Thompson.
0: Pastor John is with us today as we discuss how Sunday's sermon impacted our everyday lives. So, John, we're glad you're back. Glad to be here. All right, here we are at the beginning of the book of Joshua. Moses has died and Joshua is stepping into the role as leader of the Israelites.
1: Well, before we get in there, I I had a question as to why this was chosen, why the verse was chosen at all,
2: uh, or first. Well, the series was really, the beginning of the development of the series was, let's do a series of Bible verses that you find on, like, you know, how people do the vinyl lettering on their wall, right, or like on a t-shirt. Or a coffee cup. Or coffee cup, right. kind of like favorite famous mm-hmm. uh, Bible passages we uh, as a worship team put together a list of possible scriptures this was one of the ones I love this verse I personally love this yeah. verse it's a it's a verse that gives me a sense of comfort and encouragement when I'm facing things mm-hmm. that are difficult so so it wasn't really any more complicated than that This is one of those verses, though. If you go if you go to Hobby Lobby, you're gonna find it
0: everywhere
1: on 15 different types of wooden reclaimed barn door things (laughs) things to put on the wall. So yes, okay.
0: I think it's important for us to understand that, like these verses, they're real verses. They're in scripture, but to understand the context behind them, exactly, and the point of them, because I think we can just take any verse out of context and, well, and that's, claim it for our lives. And that
2: is, thank you for saying that, because that is actually one of the things that I hope to bring out in this series mm-hmm. is that these verses, all, they're not just slogans. Right. They sit yes. within the context of scripture. And so even this one and the other ones that we're gonna look at, I think we're gonna find that there is a, a more kind of specific intent with them that, that God had in mind. Mm-hmm then we might, as we just lift them up out of the Scripture and put them on a T-shirt, um, then we could ever really see um, when we do that. Right. And I'll be one of the first
1: to admit that when, when I started reading the, the Scripture in its context, mm-hmm. when I heard it from John uh, during on Cern Sunday, and when I started reading it, I had no idea where it was in the context of, mm-hmm. of, of, of the grand scheme of things. And so I did learn a lot. This is God speaking here. You know, right. so it's not. I, I, I thought maybe it was Joshua. Like I, I, I didn't know. You know, so I actually learned a lot just because uh, I've, I've seen the verse everywhere. I was sure. someone in our Sunday school class was saying that their son has this tattooed on their back. I mean, it, okay. it's one of those things. And so, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know the context, and I think that's where you really get a lot of the meaning out of it.
0: Absolutely. Obviously. Before we get into like this. Be- particular passage can we just talk about joshua for a minute you know how when moses went up on mount sinai to get the ten commandments Mm -hmm. they weren't airmailed or you know airdropped to him he went up to mount sinai and for 40 days and 40 nights he was surrounded with the presence of god he was in that cloud joshua went up to the mountain with him
2: Mm.
0: and he didn't go he didn't enter the cloud you know who knows what they talked about like they're like but joshua would have gotten to see his mentor as he prepared to be in the presence of God, to hear the presence of God. And I just, goodness, I can't, can you imagine like standing and witnessing all of that, not being able to go in yourself, but just being on the edges of it?
2: Mm. kinda of, it it's another example of a mentor-apprentice relationship right. that we have in, in scripture.
0: Right. Mm. And so then he was the first one to see the glory of God on Moses' face. And I just can't, I mean, like as they're walking down the mountain, are they like, dude, what was that like? You know, I mean, what was their conversation?
2: You know, one of the things I love about Joshua that is, would be difficult to really lift out from the English as we read the mm-hmm. scripture, but that his, I don't know, maybe you're gonna get into this. No,
0: no, That I his, love it. his
2: original name was mm-hmm. Hoshea,
0: uh-huh.
2: and then it got changed in Numbers 13 to uh-huh. Joshua. And Hoshea means deliverance, which is the first part of coming, being delivered right. from Egypt into the wilderness. And then his name changes, and he is the one who delivers them into the promised land. And Joshua means Yahweh saves, mm-hmm. or the Lord saves, mm-hmm. which Yeshua is his Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same name as
0: Jesus. Jesus. right?
2: Yeah, which is
1: pretty cool. That well, I'm right. just learning. I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of that, that he was... See, I picked up the story when he was one of the, the spies that mm-hmm. went in to look mm-hmm. at the promised land mm-hmm. and came back with a good report, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, no, let's give a bad report. And that, you know, as I'm rereading it, I'm thinking, okay, well, he stayed true to what he was supposed to do, gave a good report. The other ones, I think, were killed right. for, for lying. Mm-hmm. Everyone else that turned against it were, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. go wander around and die. Right. But, you know, Joshua and oh, Caleb are the only yeah. two that are going to be able, able to right. enter.
0: Well, the reason that I brought up where we see him, you know, up on the mountain with Moses is that he had witnessed this, and he, he'd he seen God time after time after time fulfill his promises. So he believed God can do what he wants to do. Okay, now that I took us off on that tangent.
1: No, I think it's good. It's it's a good pretext because, I, I you know, I didn't
0: realize that he had done that. So let's... Kind of walk through the three points that john made sunday and john feel free to pop in the first one was god was saying to joshua i started this this is my thing i used people before you i'll use people after you this is my work you get to be part of it and what stuck out to me was that god is basically saying moses is dead i'm not Mm-hmm. It's your turn, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. And I don't know. There's just something about that how it takes a lot of the pressure off that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we have got to make this awesome. Mm-hmm. We have got to fulfill this calling. No, it's not. God right. just picked us and invited us to join. Well, we get to be part of it. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he tells them straight up, you know, this is what I need for you to do. And, like, there's no one else to do it. This is, you're the one I've mm-hmm. chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, what I got out of that was, The promise didn't die with Moses. Just because I promised it to Moses doesn't mean that it died with Moses. The promise is for everyone. So next man up kind of. Yeah. I
2: mean, I really see this whole these, these nine verses as being about calling. And so the encouragement in reminding Joshua of the covenant is exactly what you're saying, that it's something that God started long before you. So therefore, and maybe you're going here too, I don't know, but Therefore, whatever God calls you mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. or me into, we can take encouragement and right. find strength in the fact that we're just joining in on something right. that he already began and that he will continue even after we die. Mm-hmm.
0: And That's exactly. that,
2: for me, helps me not to feel so anxious mm-hmm. about fulfilling my calling as fully as I might think I have to. That it's not dependent on me. Right. Or, our, you know, in our part, our part
1: may not be the, the end result. I mean, our part is a small part of the, of the entire work that's being done. For sure. Um, you know, Moses, I think, at one time thought he was going to be able to go mm-hmm. to the promised land, and then for the, the bad decision he made with hitting the rock... Uh, was not allowed right but he did his part and actually the the scriptures you know when he when Moses goes up and dies it's not it's not a condemnation it's mm-hmm. like you know it still lauds you know him for mm-hmm. all he did do what kind of person he was and how God was you know spoke to him face to face he was great he was good he was a mm-hmm. great leader but he just he was not allowed to go in right and I don't and I don't read anywhere where Moses sort of rails against all of that, and laments the fact right. that he won't be going in. In fact, he has to go down and commission Joshua, and he gives words mm-hmm. of encouragement to Joshua this, God's not going to forsake you, God's yeah. going to be with you. He, In Deuteronomy, Moses is telling Joshua these things, and then God tells him again in directly, I'm not going to forsake you, you know, later on in the verses of the, of the 9. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing. Moses said it before. Before he died mm-hmm. and then God says those were my words and here they are again.
0: I love that you pointed that out because in terms of our calling, the, the security and the confidence that will we're ever going to have in that is in knowing that God chose us specifically and that the work that he has us to do is the work that he has us to do, not the one who came before us, not somebody who will do it alongside us or after us. He never looked at Joshua and said, okay, Moses is dead. I guess you're good enough. Moses played his part and did his thing. Now he's dead. And Joshua is not like Moses number 2. It, he's Joshua. Right. And I think we have I think it's important for us to I don't know, recognize that we're not filling anybody else's shoes. We're we're filling the shoes God put out for us. Sure.
2: And I think that maybe because I could be wrong on this. This is just me shooting from the hip, but I think we live in a culture of perfectionism.
0: Oh yeah, and
2: and we have we have uh, we live in a culture of uh, performance-based value, where our value right. is found in our ability to perform, our ability to achieve, mm-hmm. and this just flies in the face of that, because it's saying, God, the creator of mm-hmm. the universe, calls specific people to specific tasks, not because He's depending on them to get something done, right. which is what our culture wants us to believe about ourselves. Right. But is instead saying, "Guess what? I love you so much. I'm gonna let you be part of right. what I'm up to." And that, for me, helps mm-hmm. me to relax.
0: Absolutely, I, I speak that performance language I think many too well. Do. Yeah. I
1: think. One of the other verses in the that was read was sort of God tells him what's gonna happen too. And I think we all sort of we all know what the ending is. Mm-hmm. And Joshua knew it too. He said, "If you if you do what I'm, you know, I'm gonna give you this mm-hmm. task. This is what's gonna happen. No one's gonna be able to stand against you." And that's verse four. Is like, he tells them exactly how it's going to turn out. No one will be able to defeat you Mm -hmm. with me. We kind of know that, and I think there's a lot of comfort. And there should be, you know, there's hope in that that we know how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. What's going to the end result? I think we tend to forget that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when those those verses, I think, are very helpful for me, is God says, you know, He knows what He wants. God wants Him to do. I need you to lead my people in. This is what you're going to do. Um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be there with you. I'm not going to forsake you. So I think he also had the confidence in knowing his calling, I think. I don't think there was any sort of question there, mm-hmm. or at least what God wanted him to do in that that mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. I think some of us may have some doubt. Okay. And I I know you put up the, the Venn diagram, you know, that we all try to get away from math as we graduate from uh, high school, as to what our calling is. Yeah. yeah and I thought, I thought, you know, he, he had sort of a, a step up, I think, on us, because... I think God was very explicit as to what he was calling him to do at that moment. And I think once we find ours or listen, I I guess I'm not listening to what my calling is, or I haven't heard it. But I think that that will also help in getting us down, Mm -hmm. you know, do what we're called to do.
2: Well, I don't want to take us down a path that we don't want to go right now, but, you know, I was thinking about Moses with... So what was so interesting about Moses' life is that he had to leave Egypt... He had a privileged position in Egypt, but he had to leave Egypt because he had murdered these people. But why did he murder the people? He murdered them out of his passion for Uh justice. Uh And it was really his passion that eventually led him into his calling, because he exhibited this passion for the Hebrew people, the people that God loved. And so even though it was years, years later, God Mm -hmm. uh, kind of tapped into that passion. Right. Moses was able to find his, his calling. And I think that maybe Joshua going into the promised land, seeing mm-hmm. it, coming back and saying it's a great place right. We need to go there, even against all the others, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gives us a view of the passion that Joshua had right. for this mission that God had began.
0: I like that you pointed that out in the sermon because Larry and I, had a conversation on Friday afternoon. We were driving, I don't even remember where, it doesn't matter, but he was getting very passionate about something, I mean, just, and this, and this, and this is why, and, now, Larry's not very emotive most of the time, I mean, he's pretty even keel. I'm the one who's like, way up here, and like, dramatic. So, for Larry to be so passionate, I said, wow, you're really passionate about that, and, but then I thought more about it, I said, why are you so passionate about that? You've got to look at that because the things that really get to you emotionally, there's something there. Sure. What is that? Yeah, we would, still haven't figured it out. And so. I would
2: wonder if that was uh, that passion for Larry could be something that God had put in him, right. and that if he would follow that, he would mm-hmm. if he doesn't already have a sense of his call, right. It would lead him to it. right. At least that's the uh, supposition I was mm-hmm. going with in that
0: well, and and I followed that because, during the sermon when you said that I tapped Larry on the shoulder and I was like are you listening Uh, (laughs) I just said that remember he appreciated that maybe not okay so point number two in the sermon was okay here's how you live out your your calling keep my word and James I know we had we talked a little bit about this before right so go for it
1: well you know so verse 6 and 7 actually no 7 talks about, Obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. And if we go back to Deuteronomy when when Moses sort of commissions Joshua, he then writes down the law and actually tells them it's uh, Deuteronomy 31.9, so Moses wrote down the law and gave it to the priests and the sons of Levi who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel, and then he tells them, you know, you should read this. All the men, women, and children, and aliens living in your towns, you should read it every seven years. Follow these words carefully. Your kids must hear it and fear the Lord as long as you live in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. I mean, so and he says it twice in in Joshua. He says it in two different ways. He said, uh, keep the word. And then he says, "Do not let the don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth." This is verse eight. Med- meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I mean, so it's obviously maintaining the law and living by the law are important. And this, this, is and those are the verses directly before the one that we were talking—the one nine, which was the mm-hmm. the basis mm-hmm. of the road tour, the, right. the first stop right. on the road tour. So when I went back and I read it, I was thinking, "Okay, well." you know that it's not just being strong and courageous it's not physical obviously it's it's based on the law so then that got me thinking i'm thinking what does that mean and so what, what it made me think of is being strong and, so i looked up i'm sort of jumping around here but i looked up strong and courageous because the term is used at least 3 times you mentioned in the first 9 verses it's a couple more times toward the end of the chapter mm-hmm. and then i found like 23 references as i'm just putting in the the words one of them was from first corinthians 16:13 be on your guard stand firm in the faith be men of courage and be strong they're in there in a different sort of order but the message is the same mm-hmm. paul is that's the letter paul wrote to the, the church in corinth and so when i'm looking this up on the basis of this verse paul is writing because of the the immorality of the Corinthian church. And so he's telling him to be strong in the faith. So strong and courageous, strong in the faith, what does that mean? It's keeping the word. And this got me thinking of, it just seems like a lot that we deal with on a, as Christians in today's society is sort of not really keeping the law strictly, but making it more softening it, maybe to be more popular, to be nice. I don't know, you know, it's a convicting you? deal. Yeah. Well, it's a convicting deal. When, when you hear what the word is and how you're living, right? it's convicting. And people don't like to be convicted, right. so we either ignore those poor parts of it, mm-hmm. or you know, we add our human, well, that was then, and this is now, right. and so we try to look at he it differently. He didn't a different
0: mean li- it that way. Yeah. That's not how God was.
1: And so that's what, I got. That's what made me start mm-hmm. thinking about sort of how we do that in today's society or the church does that you know small c church does that to I don't know to be popular to be more to not maybe be criticized um, in today's society because you know if we if we water it down then no one will will get upset at us Mm -hmm. and so then we don't have to and I don't think that's what
0: we're necessarily called to do so on and so forth yeah Yeah. exactly
2: yeah I was kind of reading that that little section there about the word in a Mm -hmm. slightly different way because I was thinking about how much Um, It makes a difference in my life to meditate on Scripture. Mm -hmm. That as I stay connected to the Word and read it daily, read it every morning, um, I don't read it every night, but I read it every morning, Mm -hmm. how much that strengthens and encourages me in embracing my call. And I loved that phrase where he says, do not let it depart from your mouth because it's I'm so good. weird. But what I think, I, as I researched it, what I you don't ever not want it to be on your tongue. Uh-huh. That's
0: awesome. That you're
2: always ready to mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. And that actually, the Hebrew on meditate on it means to speak it aloud oh, okay. over and over okay. and over.
0: That was wrong. Chew, speaking out loud. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But it's like that
1: rashing right. of the mm-hmm. word. I thought mm-hmm. that you were going to go all Rama.
0: No, but I love that. I think there's so much right now that, that's correlating with the study that we're doing in Sunday school oh, cool. with just this whole, I mean, I'm seeing it in every area of my life. I'm hearing this so clearly. God is trying to help me understand something. But when you said you you kind of saw that differently than James was explaining it, I actually don't think so because okay. you're just saying in order to get the result of how do we live out our faith, it starts with what we're thinking about, what we're talking about. I mean, it's just the progression. This is how this is how we do it. We, we have to know the Word, and then we have to meditate on it, keep it constantly in our mind, and then that's how we live it out.
1: And we, you know, what Amy was talking about, in Sunday school, we uh, were doing a um, Tony Evans study on the armor of God, and he was talking about the sword of the Spirit is based on the Word, mm-hmm. and there's three versions of the...
0: Of the Word. It, word. Yeah, if I
1: get it wrong, let me know. It was the graphia, which is the mm-hmm. written word, the Logos, which is the message of the word, and then the Rama, which is a spoken word, which right. is the actual powerful combat evil part of the spirit. And that's what's actually being discussed in the Ephesians when they're talking mm-hmm. about the, the full armor of God. But yeah, it sort of dovetails with this. I mean, you've right. got to know it, you've got to know the message, mm-hmm. and it's when you speak it that it actually has power. But yeah, so this, that's what I thought of too. I'm sitting there, and, you know, during your, ser- your sermon, and I'm thinking, boy, it's all sort of. It's all sort of fitting together the messages from the Sunday school, and then mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I
0: love that. I know. I think we could we could truly do an entire podcast on that concept. Okay. And maybe we should because be I think so that cool. would be this is like my favorite thing in all the world.
1: Well, the, the the last part of that Corinthian verse was do everything in love, and I think that was convicting to me because if are we truly loving our fellow man by not giving them the full strength of the of the word the you know? truth yeah. yeah so yeah the truth yeah so we're, we're 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 you know we're trying to ignore some of it that you know we think may not be popular but was, i mean is that love we're not truly not, using no, the not. word or meditating on giving it the correct the correct way so i you know i, I think it's relevant today and a lot that we do
0: i want to point this out and this again people are going to listen back and think I thought we were going through the three points of the sermon. (laughs) You know, whatever. This is just roll with it, friends. The one thing that Tony Evans said that was a huge aha moment for me, we go around thinking, trying to get things from God. Give us wisdom, God. Give us faith. We already have everything that God's ever going to give us. It's already ours. We experience what he's already given us when we walk by faith. Mm. When goodness again that's something we could spend an entire hour talking about but the way that he said this one thing was we don't need more faith we already have the faith that moves mountains like we all god has already deposited in us the faith that we need we need more truth Hmm. so we we have what we need we just have to live like we have what we need Hmm. does that make sense so we know, it's, it's not knowing God's word, it's living it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we experience the blessing. That's how we experience the promises of God.
2: I, I do think that what you're saying there is vital because I have known people who I suspect have studied the Bible inside and out and who yet don't really live it. Right. And so they've, they're missing out.
0: And they're, right? and they're probably miserable, right? They're
2: probably miserable, and they probably yeah.
1: The analogy that it, that was used was like an acorn. An acorn already has all of the oak
2: oh, I love that that is going to be. It has enough to make a thousand oak trees. And it's
1: just it's just sort of fostering mm-hmm.
0: that
2: mm-hmm. to allow it to grow. And I that
1: that was a very powerful sort of image that he gave during that.
0: But it's absolutely scriptural throughout throughout scripture God's constantly saying this he's not saying hey come join me in my work do whatever you want no he's always calling people back to live by my word and even to Joshua here he says the book of the law will not depart from your mouth shall not depart from your mouth but meditate on it day and night so that you may do it you know it's there it's there
1: and that's verse eight and then we finally get to our verse of the week which is verse 9 which is have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go as as a lawyer I saw so I look at that sentence I'm like alright so let's let's break it down and he's telling us to to be two things strong and courageous and then to not be two things afraid And discouraged, and so what I did is in sort of analyzing the verse was I just looked up the definition of strong, and the one that that wasn't dealing with you know sort of physical strength was the ability to withstand great force or pressure, and this kind of ties into the the armor of God Mm deal. You know, he tells us to. Be strong in the Lord and His power and then so that the whole reason of the armor is given to you is so that you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. So that's to with to withstand that great force or pressure. And so that also made me remind reminded me of that quote from C.S. Lewis that says, You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it and not by lying down. And I this also sort of tied into sharing the truth with others when it's not popular. You've got to be able to put up with the pressure, knowing the truth and and, and sharing the truth, um, and then courageous was not to be deterred with danger or pain and to be brave. Um, and I think the, the the courageous part comes with the um, you know there's verses that says it's not you know you're going to face troubles. I mean it's 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 mm-hmm. not <laughs> right. It, it's it's going to be uh, trials and tribulations, but you know you're to be courageous through all that, and then not to be afraid. Or discouraged and afraid, I got you know having the anxiety and the worry, and then discouraged was to lose hope, and I thought that was, it's also a negative, mm-hmm. right? Right. Don't be discouraged, so have hope. So that's that's how I sort of analyzed that, that that verse, and that's kind of what I got out of it is, you know, we're supposed to stand and with to the things around us, to society, to the world, in the truth and for the truth.
2: That's good. Yeah. I think I focused more on the the presence of God, and thinking about that it's not just, we don't just learn about a God who did all of these things in the past, mm-hmm. as we read scripture, mm-hmm. which was the second point, but we are also living into a calling that a living, mm-hmm. active, present God is calling us into and supporting us in.
0: Right. One of my favorite things that I found in this was the Hebrew word for dismayed. When something is dismayed, it's broken down. It's been shattered. and I just thought, wow, I mean, how many times do I have a breakdown when I'm facing a you know, a, a big project or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, I can't do it. Maybe next time I'll just tell myself not to.
1: Well, and I didn't notice until until you were mentioning this the that Joshua was with Moses and that he got to see that firsthand, mm-hmm. that verse five actually says As I was with Moses. So you draw on your experience when you were watching, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So he knows exactly. That makes a lot more sense to me now. That's cool. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's, you know, once again, that's what Moses had told him, that God would never uh, forsake him or leave him. But that makes more sense now, or that puts that more in context, that what you've seen me do with Moses, I'm going to be doing with you. I'll be there with you through it all. Right. That's
0: pretty cool.
2: So when I was praying through this this sermon,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I really sense God telling me that there are people that I will be when I'm preaching that will hear this who are some have totally embraced their call mm-hmm. and they're they're living it. Some have a call on their life and they have not embraced it. Some have no clue what their right. calling is. And uh, but I my hope. The hope that I entered into the preaching moment with was, some folks are going to hear this and they're going to they're going to become strong and courageous mm-hmm. and they are going to embrace their call and um, and they're going to hear that as I was with Moses, I will be with you, Joshua, and then they'll also hear as I was with Joshua, right. I'm going to be with you, whoever you are sitting um, or listening online. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was. I think the, the real life part for me in, in all of this is, is going to be people deciding now, OK, I'm going to mm-hmm. embrace my call.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I haven't looked up the, verse, the other verses
1: on the tour because I don't do homework ahead of time. But <laughs>
0: Are you going to ask what next week is?
1: No, I was going to say, you know, that, that kind of one of my favorite verses that isn't on the wall typically are sort of those calls in acts where you're, you know you're told to be bold.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know you've been given the spirit. Now go out and be bold. And that's kind of what's happening here. You know when Moses, Moses gave him, laid hands on on Joshua, and he was filled with the spirit or got the spirit when he commissioned him. But I, I think that's also part of the. You know once you know your calling, you know God's going to be with you. It's time to step up and be bold. Right. Mm-hmm. And do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's you know that's that sending out part. That's the last part mm-hmm. of it. You know.
0: I think in wrapping up, and for like the 10 people who are still listening to us at this point, <laughs> it's, we are called, like there is a specific call that God has on our life. But more than that, there's we are called to live as children of God, to, to live and walk in His ways every day in everything we do, in those little, normal, ordinary things. And these three points that you made are also just encouraging in anything we face in the everyday ordinary. Sure. You know, there's going to be things that we're standing looking at that seems so impossible that we can hear God say to us, be strong and courageous. Stay with me. Keep keep my word in your mind and in your heart. I'm with you. You know, that's at the grocery store or as we're having a literal meltdown. You know, whether it be because we have a teenager, not that I'm speaking from personal experience. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, like, that's for us every day.
1: Well, and I guess, you know, we're more apt to discover that calling if we're not sure when we're already doing those things. You know, when we're meditating Uh on the word, when we're teaching it to our children, when we're, you know, never letting it leave our mouths, and when we're internalizing all of that stuff, I think we'll find ourselves closer to God's will, and then I think, you know, we'll find what that calling is if we don't clearly know or don't know. I think God will speak to us.
2: uh, Mm -hmm. We'll hear it Mm -hmm. a little little easier that Mm -hmm. way. I think both of you have a calling into teaching and i love this podcast because i think you're both embracing your call this Mm -hmm. is uh something this is a way god's called you to embrace your call Uh and you're doing it and
0: what is so cool cool. what's so amazing about you saying that is last week we well in the podcast that will never be aired (laughs) we were talking about calling and james said Oh, I don't even know my, I don't really, I'm not sure about my call. And I re- I thought about that afterwards and I was thinking, duh, how can he not?
1: And it was such a good podcast that it didn't get aired.
0: <laughs> it, it was, no, but seriously, like, I'd love that you say it because it's very affirming. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's conversation. I hope that the last 30 minutes has encouraged you and I hope that you will come back and join us next Thursday.